Welcome to the Matt Mosley Show. What was that rough like at, at Olympic Club? Tough, for sure. <laughs> um, I had never, never realized how many wedges I had just had to just punch out of there. I think it also all depended on, you know, what kind of lie I got. Either I could get super lucky um, and just have the ball just sitting up, or it would just completely disappear. Uh, almost all the time it would completely disappear, but I there would be one or two times where I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can take a longer club than my 58-degree wedge <laughs> and hack it out of there. But, um, yeah, I mean... It's just the U.S. Open, like, it's supposed to be that difficult, and I had expected it coming in, and it was no shocker. Um, the winner hits the most amount of fairways, hits the most amount of greens, and Yuka Sasa did that, and um, now I know what it's like and hope to go for next year. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley alongside Garrett Ross, and uh, here we go. we got a big show planned for you. Lots to get to, lots of recruiting news for you, some NBA, some big-time stuff going on with the possible expansion of the college playoff. There's talk. There's talk. It could be as many as 12 teams, and we'll get you the latest on that, and then we'll talk some uh, college baseball. As, uh, well, my second favorite Baptist, the Dallas Baptist Patriots have, uh, have done some great things. And um, and they have uh, they won their regional and are advancing. And their play-by-play man happens to be a longtime uh, buddy of mine in the old uh, our uh, my days in in Dallas Fort Worth radio. And he worked with me there, and now he's the voice of Dallas Baptist, Brendan Smith. He'll join us at three twenty. And uh, I'm trying to get Garrett. I want you to be able to hear this call. I'm. Uh, I forward it to you, but I'm going to try to get this to you in a better way. But uh, this is a really great call on the Grand Slam. And then, of course, late last night, there was another huge – there were a couple of huge back-and-forth type games. One was, I believe, a three-run homer hit by a young man named Welch, last name Welch for Arkansas. That was unbelievable. And then there was the – the one, the LSU game was back and forth like crazy. I think it was LSU Oregon, and LSU ends up winning that thing nine to eight, and that continues the um, the run for their legendary coach. The coach before him was the most legendary, but this guy is uh, has had a uh, incredible run. Coach Paul Maneri, Maneri, uh, anyway, Maneri, yes, Maneri. Minari, that sounds right. And then uh, Skip, boy, Skip before him had a long, long run and uh, an incredible uh, program. And so LSU not going quietly. And then so now we start to find out where all the regionals are going to be, the super regionals. And it appears that uh, Garrett today, Virginia walked off ODU. Does that sound right to you? And so now – I think Virginia will uh, take on DBU, and that uh, Super Regional will happen in Columbia. So there'll be some that start Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and some Sunday, Monday. Let me think. Anyway, they start this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then some of them are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, And then, of course, it'll be time for the College World Series. 
And so I believe that D.B. Ewan is on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday is what that fell on. And um, and DBU was down yesterday, and they clawed their way back, and they get the win uh, over Oregon State in comeback fashion after trailing five nothing. They come all the way back and win that thing eight to five, and it was some incredible middle relief or some late relief, and then a seventh inning grand slam that put them on top and uh, took it from five two to six five in a hurry, and uh, very very fun stuff. And you will. Get to talk to the voice of DBU, Garrett. Are you um, Garrett Ross? Is a a big time Louisiana State fan, mm-hmm. and uh, LSU has uh, certainly been had a great program over the years. Did you stay up and watch all of that last night, Garrett? I did not, and uh, I attempted to watch the game. <laughs> I, I don't think you're. I, you cannot call yourself an LSU fan. If you did not stay up, and it's watch not my that look. Game. I like I like LSU a lot, but I'm not going to stay up after midnight to watch a baseball game. Not happening. I, I'm not doing it. That's that that you know most of us like Baylor fans. Like I, you know, I'm a Baylor alum. We can't deal. We cannot relate to that. If our team is involved in something, <clears throat> it could be happening at three or four in the morning, and we're going to be up. We're going to be up watching that live. And so, like the other night when the tennis went late. Am I a huge tennis fan, Garrett? Uh, I mean, I played tennis, but when the Bears are in the national championship game, I'm going to go late. I'm going to go late with the tennis channel. Now, Garrett, again, I'm going to come down to Waco and get your channels all taken care of and get you on the right cable system because not only do you not get the golf channel, but then the other night you didn't get to see the Blazers' performance by Dame Dame Lillard. So, I mean, all of that is uh, very, very odd to me. I'm trying to well, figure out why why you're like incredibly loud in my ear. It's okay. You've got a nice voice. I'm okay with it, but it's just it's amazing. I'm wondering what our people are thinking out there. Are you hearing Garrett even louder and clearer than <laughs> usual? Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. I think it it's just, just you, a, Matt. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna have to. The scary thing is when I start messing with buttons. This is really yeah. Let's avoid like, that. I know, I know. I'm trying, but I mean, you should hear. I just wish you could hear yourself. I mean, it's like I've never. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I try never to be in that. We, I, we try to during <laughs> this. Stay clear. Yes, yes. It is wild. You are for some reason coming through loud and clear in a fashion I'm not used to. Um, okay, uh, lots to get to, lots of excitement. That means Garrett that I'm not going to let you talk, Eddie. Which is which is not. I'm sure you don't feel that's too unusual, but I am kind of interested in this. You and our old buddy Kevin Longquist from Rivals, mm-hmm. and you're from that two four seven group. Okay, yep. Boy, hate it. Y'all hate each other. Uh, two four seven hates Rivals. Rivals hates two four seven. But you and Kevin Longquist, for whatever reason, have a good relationship, and that's that's a good way to go through life. You know, you don't want to burn bridges. You don't want to make enemies. All that. Right. Kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, you show up to observe some, some basically a big camp setting, recruiting camp, all that kind of stuff. And did you get a? Did you get the sense, Garrett? This is the first time in over a year because of the pandemic that players were face to face with coaches. Did you get the sense from maybe running into parents and players and coaches 
was there some excitement in the air at, at, at basically the first face-to-face contact they'd had in over a year? Did you sense the excitement? Yeah, you can see excitement, and I think more so than excitement, there was a lot of relief out there, right? Like, like you finally have the opportunity to get out uh, and showcase what you could do in front of these these coaches. I mean, think about over the past year, they've had to rely solely on your huddle film. Well, if you're one of those guys that, you know, say you're an out-of-state kid who wasn't allowed to play football last year, you, you don't have that film to give to them. So for a lot of these, it was brand new. So you, you definitely do have that excitement. Um, but man, it, it was kind of a combo of mixed relief that you finally get out here and do it and being excited as well. It's just kind of, kind of get back into that normal rhythm. Okay. So for people that don't really understand the, um, the, the, the phrase huddle film, that's like H U D L and huddle is like a platform where coaches and players can upload their highlights and videos. And, and what Huddle has done for me, and Max Preps is similar, um, it, it, uh, it, and it can kind of be misleading. Garrett, I, I think you would agree with this, because generally when you get on there and watch that stuff, people put together highlight tapes. Yep. So you're seeing like the greatest plays they've ever had in their careers, back to back to back to back. So what these camps allow is for people to kind of see them on rep after rep after rep. And so I think that uh, I think that helps. Now, I I am I, to me, I was interested in apparently SMU held a camp and Garrett, I'm told that like 2000 kids showed up at this. Now, that's exciting except for the fact that if you decide to go to an SMU camp and it, this is one of those what you'd call a like a Dallas camp or maybe an open camp Basically, what happens is it's not just the SMU coaching staff. I think right. other staffs are allowed to show up and, and, and all of that. And I don't exactly know how it works. Garrett, take us through that for a second. At an SMU-type camp that they host, and there's thousands of kids there, are other colleges, are other universities allowed to send coaches to that? How does that work? Yes, yeah, so you had coaches from um, every classification of school across the nation that were able to attend. You had around 400 to 500 coaches. Um, you had coaches from USC to Sam Houston. Uh, so, yeah, it's a wide variety of coaches that come out. And it's a, it, it wasn't just Texas kids that showed up at this camp. I mean, you had kids from the from Washington State. You had kids from California, uh, some Florida kids. It was kind of a, a great way to meet in a universal uh, location right in the mid- middle of America and showcase everything because we talked about it you know w- earlier there's a lot of uh, these players who haven't been able to be seen so this was kind of a, a way to bring everybody together in one neutral site and just put out as much um, talent as you could to showcase for not just SMU but for schools across the nation at all uh, divisions okay okay now Garrett again works for us and, and it mainly his first priority is always the Matt Mosley show with Garrett Ross. Correct. Second priority, Tom Barfield game time. Third priority, two four seven. Okay, so he's out there and boy, I got a call and he's letting me know kind of who's out there, this and that. Now I was very fascinated to hear that you interviewed, um, and I remember this kid's dad, a kid from Willis, Texas, Willis High School outside of Houston. Derek Lagway, for longtime Baylor fans, will remember at a very rough period for Baylor football. We've had our, our fair share. 
But about 97, 98, there was a kid named Derek Lagway, big running back, big old huge running back. His son is also a monster. He's about 6'3", 215. He plays quarterback and plays baseball. Now, he is already a man-child, but the way I understand it, um, now, I'm seeing him listed as like 2024. Is that, Garrett, you looked this up for me earlier. When, when are you seeing him listed as? Because he, I, 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 that's He's a, a 2024. He is a 2024. Okay. okay. All right. I thought we said something earlier. Because that is way on down the road. So we're talking about this kid is going into his sophomore season. Now, did he look like a kid or did he look like almost a grown man? Because Baylor has already offered him based on, you know, obviously they knew about him already, but they got to see him the other day. They made the offer. Um, Garrett, usually you don't offer on a quarterback unless you're pretty, you know, you're pretty excited about a quarterback. Are they excited? How much of this has to do with his baseball ability? What, what were you able to uh, take away from your visit with the young Lagway? And is this Derek Lagway Jr.? What is this Lagway's name? Yeah, it's Derek uh, Lagway Jr. DJ, you can either call him Derek or DJ. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I would say he's not a grown man. I mean, he's definitely got a long way to go as far as filling out, but he does have great size to him. You mentioned he's 6'3". Uh, 205 to 210. Um, he can sling it. He, he's got to work on some of his mechanics, but that's to be expected when you're a freshman. Uh, there's a, he, he showcased a lot of good potential there. He made all the throws they asked of him. He didn't leave camp with an offer, uh, but he told me that he did gain a lot of attention from the coaching staff and a lot of interest from them. And then earlier today, you see they come out and they offer him. So obviously every drill you run at these camps, there are multiple cameras on you, right? Like, so what they did was after the camp, they they the people who really stood out to them initially, uh, they sat to the side, they got their offers. Then they'll go back through, they'll reevaluate all the film, break it down, and in Derek's case, they liked what they saw on film uh, enough of it that they went ahead and offered him today. So. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where you can either showcase it right there and catch the attention or let your film talk for you, and he let his film talk for him. But to me, that's too far off to to make some of these kids like, um, oh, who's the one we were talking about earlier today? Py um, what, what's the kid? Tayshawn uh, Wilson? No, 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 Pyron or whatever. Who, oh, Zach that? Pyron, yeah. Zach Pyron is a big-time quarterback out of Alabama. When you take, when you go ahead and get a commitment from a Pyron and offer him, you know the quarterback for that year is pretty much done. When you offer someone like that far in the future, like a Lagway, uh, do you still expect two or three more quarterbacks to get offered? Like what I'm asking you is, I would say they don't know much about this kid at all at right. this early stage. So what does this mean exactly? Like, d w d could you see them offering, by the time all of this is said and done, two or three more quarterbacks for his season? Absolutely. His I, I, yeah, okay. you're definitely going to want to offer more than just him. You are definitely want to throw a couple out there. He might be getting the benefit of the doubt early on because he's a legacy player. Um, but they're definitely going to offer more than just him for this 2024 class. Okay. And the part you don't understand, Garrett, is that uh, – after they get all this footage, Coach Bell then sends that to me. And you and break it I down. Kinda, I kind of let them know what, what my thoughts are. 
and then give them some feedback. And then I told him the other day, I said, love the kid, loved his dad, go ahead and extend the offer to Lagway. Okay? Hmm. So you put really it in motion. <laughs> I like that. No, no, it, it doesn't exactly work like that. Although I do have a kid. I'm not going to share his name yet. I've got a 2024 kid that I've been kind of been kind of keeping my eye on. And, Garrett, what I'm going to do is kind of give you the scoop on him, okay? Okay. Stretch also has a hand in this, so I don't want to take too much credit, okay? But we're Glenn Smith and I are going to hand you kind of the goods on this 2024. And we think he's going to receive a ton of offers. And, of course, I'm hoping Baylor will be in the mix. All right, um, it is time to speak to, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, This is one of my former uh, radio cohorts back in the day when he was just getting his start, and now he is the voice of one of the uh, college baseball powers in this country, Dallas Baptist University. Brendan Smith, the play-by-play voice, joins us next. This is the Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Partly cloudy and muggy tonight with low temperatures falling to 75 degrees. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. It's going to be a very humid day with a high of 93 and a heat index in the upper 90s. And more of the same on Thursday with mostly sunny skies, a high of 93 with a heat index of 98. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach, Mitch Thompson. Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club, and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. And You know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now, and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. What you do in privacy is your own business. What you do in public with your truck, well, that's our business at Pickup Outfitters. In your garage, it's okay for your truck to parade around in the nude with no accessories. Hey, this is still America. But when you bring your truck out in public, it's just common decency to put an outfit on your truck. And that's where we come in at Pickup Outfitters. Put a cover on that bed. Cover your rear end with a bumper and a hitch, for goodness sakes. There are women and children on the roads. And guys, don't leave your tools exposed. Put them in a toolbox. Be proud of your truck and stand tall with a lift kit. Or improve your truck's posture with a leveling kit. Add some class to your pickup with new wheels and tires. Or dress up for a date with your new RV or boat with a fifth wheel or a receiver hitch. At Pickup Outfitters, we're dedicating to making the roads decent for all Central Texans. So when taking your truck out in public, remember your manners and accessorize it properly with an outfit from Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. We get you. You're the kind of fan who watches a Rangers game and thinks, that bat would totally complete my dining room. Or maybe, I've got the perfect spot for that base. You're the reason we created the Authentic Store, a magical place where you can find your next prized baseball possession. Everything from game-used baseballs and bases to autographed photos and jerseys. And new items are always being added. Own a piece of the game at texasrangers.com slash authentics. 
Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update, brought to you by Slovacic Sausage and West. Former New York Giants head coach Jim Fossil has died at the age of 71. His son John confirmed Monday night. Jim Fossil, who lived in Vegas, died of a heart attack while under sedation after being taken to a local hospital with chest pains. Fossil was the head coach of the Giants from 97 to 2003 and guided the team to three playoff berths. He was named NFL Coach of the Year in 1997. Two more games in the NBA playoffs tonight. The Hawks at the 76ers. Atlanta leads that series 1-0 and tip is at 6-30. And the Clippers will start their series with the Jazz tonight. Tip is at 9 o'clock. Rangers start a two-game series with the Giants tonight at home. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Astros start a series with the Red Sox tonight. First pitch at 6.10. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. With the bases loaded, two outs, down 5-2. Munt is ready, and the first pitch, Benny swings, and hits it deep to left field. That ball's way back. Grand Sam, home run. Horner Heroics have come to Lupton Stadium. It's 6-5 in another magical seventh inning. Wow, there it is. That that was the call. Brendan Smith on the Patriot uh, Broadcasting Network. And uh, joining me right now is the man behind that call, Brendan Smith himself, my old radio buddy from back in the uh, 103.3 FM ESPN days. Brendan, congratulations on your alma mater. Um, I could almost hear a little excitement in your voice on that call. Congratulations <laughs> on winning that region. Yeah, I, I thought I'd play it down the middle. I didn't want to get too excited, so I'm glad you were able to sense that too. <laughs> no, no, and I think when you when you're doing your own team's games, that's what fans want, man. But I mean, the the great part of that call was, and you'll love it. I it was it was uh, right. My my producer just pulled off uh, a Houdini act. I I of course was messing up the drop box, which wouldn't shock you at all. But the producer at the last second was able to, to get that call on the air. And, I, I, I mean, just watching that, and, uh, of course, I'm bandwagoning this uh, Dallas Baptist thing like crazy. But talking to your, uh, your, your, your broadcasting partner, Reagan, earlier today, when that was 5 nothing, and you all kept missing those opportunities, you, you had to sort of be thinking, and even with DBU having been a great comeback team, you had there had to be a part of you that was wondering, uh, Brendan, if if you, if you had the the uh, DBU magic in you again. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question. And uh, you had a situation where second and third inning, you had runners at first and second, nobody out. You hit into two double plays for the first six innings. You get the leadoff man on, and you're not able to score them. And you're thinking, man, what what in the world is going is going on? Maybe the magic ha- has run out. And 
If I told you that I, I had a lot of belief there in the fifth inning or so, I'd be lying to you. Uh, I thought that the run had come to an end, but uh, kind of got sparked when Ryan Robleski hit a two-run home run, and then before you know it, you've got the bases loaded, and they're bringing in Joey Munt, who had pitched two games against DBU in that regional. He had gone four innings. He had been perfect with six strikeouts, and he threw a first-pitch fastball to Andrew Benefield, and uh, that's exactly what he was looking for, uh, and that was – uh, it was an emotional moment, uh, and the team exploded and, and luckily able to, to finish the job after that. All right. I, I want you to give me uh, give us a, a little bit of background on Benefield. I mean, what a, uh, what a moment, what a great moment for the program. And I love, you know, of course, I show up the other night, thanks to you uh, and uh, Connor and the whole gang, the athletic director over there, Ryan Hefton. And, I mean, it – Suddenly, I'm calling all these guys by their nicknames. I was right up in the middle of the DBU fans. They gave me the T-shirt. Um, I opted for the 2XL after eating some of those ribs out there at the uh, at the at the pregame thing. And next thing you know, I'm I'm calling these people Robo and Benny and all, all these. You know, they, every one of them have a nickname. And uh, that, that, but but Benefield himself. Now this guy, at least to to my eye. Looks like kind of a tall dude. What is his background, and is, is he a kid that has a little bit of the flair for dramatics? Yeah, so Andrew is a uh, he's a transfer from the from Louisville. He played last year uh, and actually played quite a bit uh, towards the end of the shortened 2020 season. But uh, once uh, COVID shut things down and, and he was going to be behind a couple of really good players in the infield, uh, he went to the transfer portal. And uh, he actually committed to DBU without stepping foot on campus. The first time that he stepped foot on campus was when he was moving in uh, his first day um, officially as a Patriot. And so uh, he comes from Louisville, obviously a program with a ton of history, and uh, kind of gets entrenched immediately into the, the middle of the lineup as the, as the third baseman. And he started out incredibly hot, uh, had a really good start to the year. And you're thinking, man, this, this guy's about to become an All-American. Uh, and then he kind of hit a wall. There, there was a stretch for maybe a month or so where he just uh, could not seem to to get himself going. But towards the end of the season, he has really picked things up offensively. And you're seeing a guy that they call Benny Barrels, and there's a reason they call him that because he finds a whole lot of barrels. Uh, and yeah, he's he's had some some huge moments. He's been great defensively as well. In fact, he had to move over to first base with uh, Cole Moore, uh, our first baseman, who was uh, who was out with an injury, and so he's. He has been a little bit of, of uh, everything for this team. And, you know, this time it was his chance to be the hero, but but he's a one in a long line of guys that has had some really big moments this season. All right, talking to Brendan Smith. He's at Brendan Time on Twitter, the voice of uh, DBU, along with his buddy Reagan. And they do such a, a, a great job on the Matt Mosley Show with Garrett Ross, ESPN Central Texas. You mentioned Cole Moore was batting in that cleanup spot. Uh, now, a couple of days later, um, or maybe it was the next day, actually, another uh, one of the main players for, for DBU was injured. How are those guys? I The way I'm kind of hearing it is that maybe Coles is a little more serious and maybe maybe the other injury is is more of a day-to-day situation. Where do you think those, those guys are as, as their availability for the Super Regional? Yeah, I think uh, for, for Cole Moore and then Jace Grady was uh, the second uh, injury that happened yeah, the very next day uh, against Oregon State as he was trying to run out of ground ball. Um, both of those guys went to, to get some evaluations today, and I think the next 24 to 48 hours will t- probably tell you 
uh, a lot about their availability uh, for the Super Regional. One's a foot, one's kind of an oblique area, and um, you know, I, I don't really know exactly what the injury is, but uh, for both of those guys, I mean, it's your number three and your number four hitter uh, that, that are out right now, and uh, that's 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 a lot to have to overcome. There, there's no doubt about that. So they're, they're hoping for the best. I think, uh, again, the next 24 to 48 hours are going to tell us a lot, and uh, those guys are warriors. They're going to do everything they can to try and stay on the field and uh, make sure they're on the field there in South Carolina. You know, I, I feel like once you go into enemy territory and take down the Horn Frogs, I mean, that's a that's a pretty much a uh, can, you know a, a, a perennial top 10, top 15 program. And I was there that night, as you know, and uh, out there taking pictures and, and really having a big time. Um, but th- I, I feel like the confidence to go into a place that that thing was rocking, there were five or 6,000 fans there. But if you can overcome a 6-2 deficit against a team of that caliber, that can't help but have a sort of a uh, domino effect on the rest of your team. How big do you think that was for the team's confidence here moving forward? Oh, it, it's everything. Uh, and I think every team in the country says something about, hey, we're a resilient bunch and we never feel like we're out of a game and we always believe. But th- there are two instances this year that prove that this team really does that. And I, I think your point's right on. It was you know, a crowd of 5,500 that's going absolutely insane uh, at Lufton. Uh, it's a 6-2 ball game. You're, you're not really able to get anything going. And then before you can blink, five runs are put on the board uh, and, and you eventually knock out uh, knock out the number one seed in that tournament in TCU. And so it does nothing but but help the belief uh, of this team. They're, they're already a confident bunch. They, they feel like they can play with anybody. But it's, it's a unique situation this year because they didn't get those opportunities against the quote-unquote big schools. You know, they, it's generally a Big 12 schedule that this team plays every single Tuesday. Um, you know, Baylor's obviously a team that generally you have a home and home with, but uh, with COVID and not being able to have those moments to, to show that, hey, we're, we can play on this stage with anybody, uh, that's something that they hope can carry them, obviously, through these next two games into Omaha. All right, has, has DBU ever beaten Baylor? No, don't answer that question. Uh, it, is, uh, it is Brendan Smith joining me, the voice of uh, DBU, as they advance to the Super Regional. And, um, and this, w- this is the second time in the history of DBU, as great as that program's been. Hefner's been there now 15 years or even longer than that. Brendan, how, how many years has, uh, has Dan Hefner been the coach there? He's been on staff for 17. He's been the head coach for the last 14 years. Okay, last 14 years. And, um, and then they had the one trip to the Super Regionals. Um, think back. Now, you were a youngster when that happened. I think it was around maybe, was it 2011? Um, it was 2011. In fact, I had to make a decision to go to the final game of that regional or go to game four, uh, game three of the NBA Finals, uh, Dallas and Miami that year. So, that, yeah, 2011. I remember it well. Okay, what decision did you make? I, I went to the finals, and that was the game the Mavericks lost at home, so I blame myself. <laughs> they did. They won the championship. That's okay. And, uh, and, and so that was a – how does this, this team stack up with, with that one? I mean, this team obviously with the injuries has shown that it has depth. I, I love that kid coming out of the bullpen, Sherlin. He's been a steady, steadying force – at the, um, you know, kind of there at the end of games. And then whoever you brought in somebody else to shut down the game the other night. What is the, um, 
Well, how would you compare this group to maybe that group from a, a decade ago? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, to sit in today with uh, Dan Hefner as he kind of talked about talked to the team and, and got them ready for for once they realized it was going to be Virginia uh, for, in the Super Regional. And one thing he said is that you know in 2011, as good as that team was, uh, everything sort of had to fall perfectly for that team to win in Fort Worth. In fact, it was 10 years and a day removed from the last time that this team had won a Super Regional or won a regional to go to a Super, and it was in. Lupton Stadium, but everything had to fall perfectly, and you had to almost just play out of your mind. With this team, it's different because I honestly don't feel like they played to their potential this week, and they still found a way to win the regional. That's how much more talent there is, uh, and I think that's just a credit to how consistent the program has been under, obviously, Dan Heefner, Dan Fitzgerald, an incredible recruiting coordinator, Uh, but this team now, you don't feel like you have to catch lightning in the bottle, per se. Uh, there's, There's as you talk about the depth, there's so many different guys that can play a role uh, and can end up carrying you. And I think a perfect example of that is someone like Ryan Robleski, who stepped in to the regional hitting at 215 on the year. He finishes with seven hits, and he's the regional MVP. Uh, and so that's, that's the depth that you have, and, and that's a huge difference in just even the talent level from the last team that went to a super regional. Okay, now getting, getting ready for um, this series and everything, have you started kind of um... – uh, this is the, um, the, the, you know, obviously this is going to be Founders Park is where this is in, in Columbia. Uh, Virginia advances 4-3 uh, in 10 innings. And so kind of now you know what the matchup is. How does, um, is this a good matchup for the, uh, for the Patriots? Or I should say for us. <laughs> yes, you are officially on the bandwagon, so you can say us. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about Virginia other than they can really, really pitch it. Uh, they've got uh, a handful of just incredible arms out of the bullpen, just looking at walk-to-strikeout numbers, guys that are well over a strikeout per inning. Uh, and they've got a bona fide ace on the mound in Andrew Abbott. He is, uh, he's got 143 strikeouts this season. He is, uh, I believe, top two, three, maybe four in the country in strikeouts. Uh, and they've got a strong rotation. Uh, offensively, just looking at the numbers without knowing a ton, it, there's not much that, that jumps off the page just as, like, this is one particular guy in the lineup. But uh, maybe it's a little bit like Oregon State in that, in that faction where they're going to make their living on, on pitching and defense. And when you got someone like Andrew Abbott, who is one of the best pitchers in the country, uh, to anchor that staff, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge, uh, a challenge for sure. All right, I'm very um, – I'm excited about it. This is a fun team, and I love that call. Horner Heroics, for people that don't know, like me, uh, although Reagan kind of tipped me off, Horner – when you say Horner Heroics, that's that's the name of y'all's home ballpark at Dallas Baptist, and is that something y'all have kind of dubbed it over the years, Horner Heroics? And that's uh, – and, and I think your call was Horner Heroics has come to Lupton Stadium. Now, are you like Jim Nance? Do you kind of – do you pencil these things out, or did that just kind of uh, did that just kind of occur to you? It, I mean, that was a really nice call. No, I, I appreciate. It. I I try not to script it out. There was one time in particular where I did script something out, and it's when we won the regular season championship in 2019. And as I go back and listen to the call from that 2019 year, I absolutely hated it. And so I decided, then I was like, I'm never going to write it out again. So it was just one of those things that came to me. And yeah, we've we've been a top 10 team in the in the nation at home over the last uh, decade or so and uh, we feel like there's something special just about Horner and 
Warner Heroics has naturally flowed out, and, and it's become a term that we've we've stuck to, and it just felt like the right time to pull it out, the, the biggest hit for this team in, in probably 10 years. I think that's the biggest thing you took away from working with me is to never spend too much time preparing. Exactly, yes. You are my mentor in that capacity, and I, I can't thank you enough for that. It's better just to wing it. <laughs> I like that guy, Bell. That guy, boy, now now he can crush it. He comes in that game the other night. He had a big double against TCU, and I look down there at the end of my row, and there are the Bell parents, and the dad is all jacked up. I mean, he's got a – let's just say he looked a little different than I did in my uh, Patriots T-shirt. My gosh, so – you know, I could, all yeah, I had Mr. to do was Bell, look down. Mr. Yeah. Bell is a uh, he is a physical specimen. In fact, there's a great picture of him, and he probably would get really ticked if I'm telling you this story. But there's a picture circulating of him after that home run that someone took, and the shirt is completely off, and he's waving it around his head. And why not? When you when you look like that, I'd probably never wear a shirt anyway. <laughs> oh man, that's one thing you'll never. Yes, the two of us will never. Uh, never threatened to show up shirtless but uh that's uh well listen y'all go have a fun time that's going to be that's going to be a great trip uh and uh and then let everybody know what's the easiest way to be able to listen to that uh, if you want to listen to the your call which everybody should want to what's the easiest way to uh uh to listen to that or stream that the easiest way is just to go to the DBU Patriots website. You can go dbupatriots.com slash baseball, and it'll take you right to our website. And uh, we'll be there 30 minutes before every game and have a post game afterwards with interviews and, and hopefully uh, have some Omaha calls uh, here in the future as well. Do we know when that first game is Saturday yet? Uh, Saturday at 11 Central will be first pitch. Okay, 11 Central. I got you. All right, we'll get some sleep before that game. Do not stay out too late, uh, hanging with those Gamecocks and all those folks. But, uh, Brandon, really appreciate you doing it. Always fun. It was fun to see you the other night. Great to, great to have you on with me. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. Glad to have you on the bandwagon. Let's go Patriots. Absolutely. Go Patriots. There he goes. Brendan Time, at Brendan Time on Twitter. And uh, Brendan Smith, the uh, play-by-play voice of DBU and um, – long-lost pal of mine from 103.3 FM ESPN uh, in Dallas, where we spent a decade on the air in drive time every afternoon. Garrett, guess what's on our old station in Dallas? What is that? Nothing. Oh. They just put national – they just run national all day. Huh, How sad seems, is that? Yeah. We spent all those years building and building and building. Hate and when that competing. happens. Yeah, and they just decided to – Hey, let's just go all national. All right, that's okay. We're we're not we're hey we're live and local here two to six every day. Uh, game time coming uh, coming immediately after us. A couple things we need to discuss, and one of those is a story about the possible expansion in the college football playoff. Are you good with this? I mean, this is a pretty large expansion. Are you excited about this or are you bummed about this? Will this help the University of Texas get into the playoff? All of that's next. 
Recently on the John Moore Show. It's one Chicago on a Wednesday. Uh, it's on NBC. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before, maybe maybe more than you'd like to hear me talk about it. So the, the line exactly is, it's like when we were watching Baylor win the national championship. Ha ha, I know. Well done by Derek Haas. We appreciate that. A mention of Baylor winning the national championship on Chicago Fire last night. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre, state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. What you do in privacy is your own business. What you do in public with your truck, well, that's our business at Pickup Outfitters. In your garage, it's okay for your truck to parade around in the nude with no accessories. Hey, this is still America. But when you bring your truck out in public, it's just common decency to put an outfit on your truck. And that's where we come in at Pickup Outfitters. Put a cover on that bed. Cover your rear end with a bumper and a hitch, for goodness sakes. There are women and children on the roads. And guys, don't leave your tools exposed. Put them in a toolbox. Be proud of your truck and stand tall with a lift kit. Or improve your truck's posture with a leveling kit. Add some class to your pickup with new wheels and tires. Or dress up for a date with your new RV or boat with a fifth wheel or a receiver hitch. At Pickup Outfitters, we're dedicating to making the roads decent for all Central Texans. So when taking your truck out in public, remember your manners and accessorize it properly with an outfit for Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments. Only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender. My money, my future, my credit union. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update, brought to you by Slovakic Sausage and West. Former New York Giants head coach Jim Fossil has died at the age of 71. His son John confirmed Monday night. Jim Fossil, who lived in Vegas, died of a heart attack while under sedation after being taken to a local hospital with chest pains. Fossil was the head coach of the Giants from 97 to 2003 and guided the team to three playoff berths. He was named NFL Coach of the Year in 1997. Two more games in the NBA playoffs tonight. The Hawks at the 76ers. Atlanta leads that series 1-0 and tip is at 6-30. And the Clippers will start their series with the Jazz tonight. Tip is at 9 o'clock. Rangers start a two-game series with the Giants tonight at home. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Astros start a series with the Red Sox tonight. First pitch at 6.10. 
Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Oh, man, it is uh, it is a fun time to be doing radio, and uh, we just uh, talk some DBU baseball. I'm ready for the Bears to get back in there. It's time for the Bears to get back in the mix, get in a Super Regional, and go to the World Series, and I think they have the kind of future that could make that thing happen. I want to remind you about Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry, and uh, I've told you I, I went to school with a member of that prestigious law firm. His name is Craig Cherry, and he's done a tremendous job. And they will um, represent you. And, man, some of the cases, I've looked at some of the the history of, of that firm as well as what Craig's done over his career since getting out of law school in Waco. He is a Waco guy. Uh, he's a Baylor guy, and I mean he fights for his clients. And so they uh, can be on the defense side, uh, on the plaintiff side, and boy, some of the people that have been injured and had horrible things happen, uh, Craig's gotten in there and they fight for you and they take care of you and they don't, you know, some of these you just, by the time you're finished, you've spent so much money, you have nothing left, you're in worse shape sometimes than when you started. They don't do it that way. Uh, and they take a lot of the stuff up front to take care of you and get these things done. Let me give you that number, how you get a hold of uh, Craig Cherry, 254-651-3690. Again, that's 254-651-3690. Or you can go to swclaw.com, all right, swclaw.com and find out more about the firm do an incredible job. Again, that is Steckler Wayne, Cochran Cherry. And um, I uh, remember those days. We Baylor Law School, one of the top, puts out the top litigators in the country. My dad's one of them. Craig Cherry's one of them. So it's a pretty cool place to go to law school. Um, let's uh, continue down this path. And, Garrett, I, I want you to um, – I want you to kind of delve into this a little bit because you've been looking at this story. Uh, Yahoo breaks the story that the playoff is it's thought the college football playoff, which has become four teams, and I think we've been okay with it so far. They'll rank them top twenty-five. It was fun. One of those first years, eh, two thousand. 14, is that how far we go back, or is it too? Whenever, Baylor was involved, and TCU was involved, and neither one of them got in, and, of course, Ohio State did. And we looked up, and uh, it was the end of the year, and Wisconsin went out there and actually absolutely laid down in the Big Ten title game, and Ohio State got the fourth slot, and uh, the Bears were number five, and TCU was number six, and we were not pleased. Oklahoma has been the only school in the Big 12 to grab one of those playoff spots. And so the thought has always been, even going back to the previous athletic director, Ian McCall would come on my show in Dallas, and he would lobby for the fact to expand the playoff, get some more teams involved. And now Yahoo, and this is Pete Thamel. Pete Thamel breaks a lot of news, college basketball, college football. And there has been a suggestion, Garrett, 
that you might expand it to as much as, and again, these are just ideas that are being tossed around. I, I think the, the Final Four um, or this, this college football playoff has been a, a, an improvement, especially over the BCS where we were left fighting over who should actually be in. Uh, the Final Four, I think, has brought some, some fun uh, scenarios into the semifinals, although some of these semifinal games have not been that great. I mean, let's be honest. Some of There's been a few that have been great over the years. Some of them have been awful. Anytime Notre Dame's involved, it's awful. Anytime Michigan State's involved, it's awful. Okay? I mean, I don't know Oklahoma. what that tells us. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if that's fair. OU, OU one of those games, uh, Kyler kind of tried to bring them back. That was somewhat entertaining, especially the second half of that game. And then one of those OU games, the Georgia game, was a great game. Was that Baker? That, 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 that ended up being a great game. In fact, OU was winning at halftime. So I let's not completely. You're just saying that because LSU beat the dog out of poor OU in one of those games. <laughs> um, and, and, that, and that's what happened. But some of those semifinals, actually, OU's kind of hung in there and represented the Big 12 okay. But, but, but this, this um, what they're talking about now is the, the, there's been some talk of it possibly expanding to – 12 teams now is that too much and if you have a playoff and you're getting all the way down to 12 teams I mean it does take it does take in one of these teams outside the the, the so-called there's the group of five or the group of six schools whatever that's called Uh, there's the power five teams and then there's the group of six okay whether it be Coastal Carolina BYU Boise State you name one Whoever it comes through, uh, one of those teams that's outside the historic, maybe even SMU could have a shot someday. The 12 would let the Cinderella story be a part of the thing. The only thing I would say is, here's what you're doing. You're trying to emulate FCS because Sam Houston State and North Dakota State and all those teams, they duke it out, and James Madison, and they go hard at it, and that's a fun playoff. The only thing I would say you got to be careful of, first of all, this pretty much, the, as if the bowl system hadn't already been thrown away. I mean, we still love bowls because we're just sitting around wanting stuff to do and wanting stuff to watch. So it's not like we hate bowl games. But as if they hadn't been um, delegitimized or, or given as much irrelevancy as, as ever, this would basically – now, I guess what you would say – Garrett, correct me if I'm wrong. Is these some of these some of these playoff games would be called bowl games? They may still be in some format tied into the bowl, the you know that that whole bowl format. Right. But but for the most part, the that most of the bowls have become irrelevant, and the only ones that we care about are those semifinals and the championship. And then of course, like Baylor, if our team wins 11 games and goes to the Sugar Bowl, we do care about it. But it's not like the rest of the country was, I mean, yeah, did they watch it? You bet. Were, were they, like, spending their whole Christmas break planning for Baylor versus Georgia? Absolutely not. So, um, Garrett, let me, I mean, you're a big LSU fan. You like the SEC. Uh, at first blush, you've read this Yahoo story. What did you make of it? 
I mean, I think it's a good idea. It's a great concept. It would definitely benefit, like last year, right? It would have benefited Cincinnati. It would have benefited Louisiana and uh, Coastal Carolina. My only concern is if you expand this, how many more blowouts are we going to get? Because, I mean, you started this off talking about the blowouts that we already see in the semifinals, and those are supposed to be your four best teams. If you add more, you're going to have a lot more blowouts, and that's just something that people are going to have to deal with. All right. I mean, we already have blowouts, and we're at the final four. I mean, is there any way we could just – I mean, Notre Dame should get relegated. If you consistently perform poorly in the final four, I mean, do do you get to be there every year just because you play that strange schedule that they do? People say, it's tough, Matt. Oh, really? You play USC every year? You play the academies? I love the academies. Don't get me wrong. Love the academies. Love what they do for our country. But let's not act like that's the best football in the country. It's not. So every year for Notre Dame to suddenly be up there. So in some ways, this, this brings more people in. Um, but it's going to cause more. So, Garrett, I mean, if you're playing one versus 12 and two versus 11, think about that. Think about how many extra weeks you add to the season. Now, I say one versus 12. There'll be some buys. Right. Certainly, certainly the top teams, there would be a buy. But uh, it, to me, it, okay, so I you- get it. With the FCS, they're used to it, and there's some greatness to it. But with football, it's not like the NCAA basketball tournament where basketball is such a different sport. We're conditioned for it. I'm saying three weeks of playoff action is honestly too much. Can you give people too much of a good thing? The answer is yes. And I, and I think if I always thought if you were going to expand it, you start out with expanding it kind of what you've done. You go slowly. And then the next thing would be to expand it to six. If you'd expanded to six, Baylor and TCU would have been in it in 2000. I keep forgetting. Was it 2014 or 15? I think it's 2014. Anyway, the, both of those teams would have been in it. Once you get past eight, once you get past eight, you start getting some like, yeah. I mean, think about that. The Aggies, some of these years, are not. let's not use the Aggies. They'll all get mad at me. Let's use some of these teams like Auburn that are somehow up there in the top eight with three losses or the top ten with three losses. I mean, are we dying to see a three-loss team, uh, a three-loss Auburn team in the playoff? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. But at, at the same time, uh, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to that's, – that's, that's what's going to clog this up is if you keep adding – uh, these games, then how do you balance it? Because you're going to let more of these bigger schools come in for these bigger conferences, and then you're still going to have these smaller schools complaining that they don't get their uh, just due. Now, here's the thing: unfortunately, um, they they don't get they're not going to get their just due. I mean, it's it, until they're in the Power Five conference, they don't have a seat at the table. But to, uh, in a 12 team playoff, they'll get at least one. So, Garrett, don't spend your whole life worried about the little guys. I think it's great. I want you to. I want you to look out for the little guy. But in a 12-team playoffs, I promise you, in that model, one of those teams will get in. Okay? So let's not start arguing about the second team. Oh, my gosh, we got SMU in. Now let's get Air Force in. Now let's get Navy in. Let's not go like that. Okay, the four-member working group, just so you know the the back end of this, the four-member working group, uh, as 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 they're looking at this, they're going to come together in Chicago. Oh, by the way, I'll be there. 
I'll be there during this time. That's hilarious. No, no, no. Wait, I'm there. I'm there in June. No, this is going to be in in mid July in Chicago. The four member working group will present the finding to a group made up of SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, Big Twelve Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, and Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson. Okay, but 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 did you did you hear what I just said, Garrett? Of course, Notre Dame. Oh, they're always every, in the mix. Notre Dame has to have a seat at the table. Everybody else is representing an entire conference of people, either ten teams, twelve teams, fourteen teams, whatever. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame has an equal seat at the table. If you wanted an equal seat at the table, join a conference. Go join a conference. All right, that's all the time we have today. I get penalized. Money gets taken out of my contract for every minute. I go over by game time. Game time has a big show today. Dan Hefner, the coach at uh, DBU, is going to be on at 5.15 today. Garrett, have a great one, man. Great work by you, okay? Thanks, Matt. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, 3 o'clock. God will, and creeks don't rise.